You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. That is spot on. Yeah. <laughs> is that not crazy? No, have you ever seen, like, it's this real bad um, Bigfoot movie. It's called, like, Wolf Creek. I, I remember the. Uh, it, it's like a do, it's like a faux documentary, right? Like it's kind of like the Blair Witch Project. Type yeah, the yeah. end of the movie, like spoilers. The end of the movie, uh, like the couple, like the the husband gets killed, and then you hear like the wife get dragged away because apparently, like the whole point of the story was uh, like Bigfoot like takes like random women as his bride. Uh, Hopefully, that guy was only going to be eaten and not anything right other any other invasive thing that's crazy but with that yeah welcome to the okc82 podcast the wednesday edition um today will be a special show um for reasons uh, including our guest right now mr todd lisenby from 107.7 the franchise you hear him every day monday through friday from nine to noon with uh, on the dylan and todd show with dylan buckingham but but we'll have um todd today or right now, and then later on, I'll have a uh, segment uh, when this podcast ultimately goes up today with Madison Morris because she is busy working right now. She wasn't able to show up to the station, but I, she hates me. Let's be honest. <laughs> she, the, the whole that, reason I did this was to hang out with Madison Morris, and the beef between Todd Lizabe and Madison Morris is pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty big. Um, but yeah, rest assured, there were a few things I wanted to get from Madison, particularly about Darius Baisley. And some of the other little uh, nuggets of NBA information that have come out uh, in the last few hours. So, rest assured, we'll get Madison on the pod later on. But right now, Todd, first of all, thanks for jumping on. Yeah, no problem. I ran into Chisholm Holland this morning, and uh, you had him on, what, about a week, two weeks ago, I think? Yeah, he, we, uh, him and I do uh, OKC82 pods on Mondays. Okay. Yeah, so we, do, so, like, we try to so, do Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. But, there you yeah. go. So the last time you had him on, Chisholm said he got a bunch of comments, said, you're just the most negative person ever about the Thunder. And I told him, wait till they get a load of me. Wait till they get a Resident load of me. Resident Boston Celtics fan, Todd Lindsay, who hates the Thunder. Who hates That's o- not true. Who hates Oklahoma football, hates OSU football. Just, you know, whatever you like, Todd hates it. That's I just like to tell the truth. That's what I like there to you do. Go. Sometimes the truth hurts. Yeah, and the truth is kind of needed right now, especially with um, – uh, you know, and we, I didn't prep you at all because you've talked about this ad nauseum on your show. You do a wonderful job of doing it. Um, I didn't I didn't prep anything because I just wanted raw, emotional, with some thought backing it, of course. But, you know, Thunder fans, I guess they're kind of conditioned to this point of the year. Sam Presley does something big and splashy. So, like I've said on this podcast for the last few weeks, um, the Thunder, yes, they have plans to improve the roster. That's their initial plan. How they can do them, I mean, the chances of that happening are very slim because of financial situation, because of where their money is tied up, because of how the trade market is, the free agency market's going to be once it hits on June 30th. So my question to you is, like, how prepared are you for how pissed off Thunder fans are going to be this July? Because, I mean, do I think something will happen? Yeah, maybe something minimal, but I don't think Steven Adams is going to get traded. I've never thought that. Well, I think the, there's two different views on this. The fan view is make the roster better. That's it. Make the roster better or it's a bust. And I think the realistic view from where Sam Presti's at and where the organization is at is there are 
a bunch of different scenarios that could play out. The first one would be the worst one, which is you don't make the roster better and you don't do anything to help your tax situation. The second one would be you get out of one of those two. You either you either the you get out of the either you get out of the the luxury tax, but your roster gets worse, mm-hmm. or you stay in the luxury tax, but your roster gets better. What's the knock it out of the park home run is if he can fix the luxury tax situation and make the roster better. And I think that's you know that's kind of the pipe dream for Thunder fans right now. I know that I know that people like talking about luxury tax and all that stuff. It doesn't really move the needle for a lot of people because they care about what happens on the court. But all that stuff is important when it comes to making a team better. Yeah. Right. It's why like guys like John Hamm follow that stuff. Like I don't I don't think people realize you know if you are under the luxury tax, it gives you benefits that you can go out and sign better players. You don't have to get stuck with guys on vet minimums or you know, mid-level exceptions for tax teams, which are lower than mid-level exceptions for non-tax teams. So I think um, I think Sam Presti has, I mean, he's, he's going to have to really get creative to solve both of those problems this year. And if he doesn't solve both of those problems, I think most fans would tell you they'd rather him, if it's one or the other, either get out of the tax or make the roster better, they'd rather him make the roster better. I personally think the most important thing right now would be to get out of the tax mm-hmm. and to shed some of these salaries and then maybe make it go, you know, in a year or two. But it's it's also hard saying that because, you know, the comeback on that is, well, how much longer do Russell Westbrook and Paul George have in their prime years? So it's it's a real tough situation Presti's in. He's put himself in this situation. Part of the reason why he did was because of the Steven Adams contract. Part of the reason why was the Carmelo Anthony trade. So he's put himself there, but I mean, if there's one guy that can be creative enough to get out of it, it's Sam Presti. Yeah, and like I talked about this with uh, Chisholm on Monday, where I, I I said like to the the casual Thunder fan who's just incredibly pissed off at the situation the Thunder in, whether they want to blame Sam Presti or ownership, you know, wherever that blame lies. I mean, what I would say to them is like, well, what you want Sam Presti to do right now, he's done. He's pushed all of his chips to the center of the table. He's done it twice in the last few years. He tried to do it before Kevin left and Kevin Durant left in free agency by trying to get Al Horford. He had traded for Victor Oladipo. If Kevin Durant stayed, that team was set to contend for championships for as long as Kevin Durant wanted to stay a little bit longer in Oklahoma City. And then, you know, even like you just mentioned Carmelo Anthony, that was a move to, like, go all in on trying to get star power, on trying to increase just the the ceiling of the team. And it no doubt did because even at that time, Carmelo Anthony still – he averaged 16, 17 points as as the Thunder's third option. With all his flaws, I mean, that's that's good, but – I think we agree, though, he changed the way the team played negatively, right? He kind of he, – I mean, he was – it just didn't feel like there was any um, synergy, for lack of a better word, when he was in the ball game as a team. It didn't feel like – it felt like a bunch of individuals kind of cobbled together. But I will say this, and I've said this from the get-go, if trading for Carmelo Anthony was what you needed to do to get Russell Westbrook to sign his max contract, then it was totally worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Even if it puts you in a bad tax spot for a few years. But now you've got to work your way out of that. I think there are a lot of different moves the Thunder could make this year. So um, I'm I'm very curious to see what this offseason's like because I think I think there's a legitimate possibility that the Thunder really don't do much at all just because they can't do much at all. But I think there are also some moves out there if they want to get – you know, if they want to get a little risky and try some things, there are some guys out there that they can trade for and some guys on their roster that people wouldn't be happy if they traded away. 
Stephen Adams, but it would make a lot of sense for both sides if they looked at some trades like that. Yeah, it, it's really it's really interesting how like I, just the few people I've interacted with on Twitter that have asked me questions in the last few days. It seems like Thunder fans are just really ready to just ship off Stephen Adams as if it's some easy thing to do, and as if he is just some completely trash player. And it's like, look. I have some problems with Steven Adams. I have criticisms of his game that I think are fair. He's he's one-sided offensively. And could he develop into something more? Yeah, but that would require Russell Westbrook to give him the ball and the right. opportunities that require that development to take place. Um, but it's just really interesting how, like, it seems like Thunder fans are just so, like, we have to make a, a big splash move in order to keep up with Portland, who's made moves, uh, the Lakers, who got Anthony Davis, uh, and all these other teams that... The Mavericks, who the, are getting better. The Mavericks, who are going to be better. Uh, Denver, who was already better than the, than the Thunder last year. Um, Golden State, even though they're going to be down at least Clay Thompson, um, they're still going to have Steph Curry and a system that works. So, like, I understand the frustration, but I guess because, you know, you do radio every day, so you want to, like, it's easier to talk about the big, sexy topics, but how... I mean, how important is it to to just kind of sit back and say, yes, the Thunder are strapped. Like, they may not be able to do that much in the offseason to move the needle roster-wise. But, I mean, how wrong is it for Sam Presti, Billy Donovan, and the Thunder to just say, you know what, we liked where this team kind of was when Paul was healthy. Let's just run it back. As, as unexciting and as unsexy as that is, I mean, is that foolish or? Well, I think what Portland just pulled off makes a lot of people think that that's not foolish, because this time last year, when we were looking at, you know, if I'd have told you in June of last of 2018, pick who's going to make the playoffs in 2019, because they had just gotten beat in the first round the way they did by the Pelicans, there weren't a whole lot of people that thought the Blazers were going to make the playoffs this year, and not only did they make the playoffs, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. So. I, I mean, I think uh, I think the underrated part of that, which we'll have to take a wait-and-see attitude on, is the Blazers changed some of the things they did. Damian Lillard has changed his attitude a little bit. C.J. McCollum has changed his attitude. Lillard's become a much better defensive player. right? He took plays off on defense like Russell Westbrook does at times, and he's really concentrated more on that. If the Thunder can do those type of things and if they can stay healthy, that's another thing. I mean, they had the Nurkic injury, but other than that, the last two years, Portland has been so lucky with no injuries, right? Yeah, that is true. They also they also have gotten a few guys off the bench, cheap guys that they found that have helped them out, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not like the Thunder haven't done that. The Nerlens Noel was a great signing for them last year. Um, you know, I mean, they found players too. So I understand that part of it, but, man, as a, as a fan, there are, it's tough for fans to sit and watch other teams make moves while you sit and stay pat. Yeah, and and I and I really don't think that Sam Presti is a run it back type of guy. I think he's a guy that always is itching to make some sort of move to make the team better. So we will see. I will tell you this though: the one that intrigues me, and this is you mentioned this earlier. I'm a Celtics fan. Stephen Adams to Boston makes sense for both sides, and I don't know that the Thunder trading Stephen Adams can get a better player than Jalen Brown. Yeah, like I've talked to Chisholm about this. He knows a little bit more about other team salary cap situations more than I do. And from what I understood, like if the Celtics just absolutely wanted Steven Adams and they wanted to get him prior to, like I don't even know if they could get Steven and then still go after a Kimball Walker or that tier of a, of a, of a basketball player. Um, if they traded for Steven Adams now, they can just bring him into their cap. And Jalen makes what, six, seven million a year? 
Six and a half. Yeah, right six now, and yeah. a half million a year. So that would make sense financially. Um, it could help the roster become better in one area. But um, before we get into that kind of hypothetical trade, like you kind of hit on something that I really um, agree with. How Portland, yeah, they ran it back, um, but they changed some of the ways that they, you know, did things. Uh, I thought that really one of the things that Portland did really well was they just embraced who they were. They embraced who they were as basketball players and. One of the problems that I've had with, you know, the Thunder as a basketball team is they they understand what is supposed to work. Like, the, we, they understand that in 2019, you have to be able to stretch the floor. You have to be able to shoot the three ball. But they don't necessarily have the guys right now to right. make that happen. So it's like, it's almost as if they're like trying to shove a square peg into a round hole. They're just trying to force something to work. When they should just be embracing what they are. What they are is a team that, and they half did it last year. They their identity was forcing turnovers, getting out in the fast break, and manufacturing points. But at the same time, that would be counterbalanced with they also took thirty threes and made eight of them. Sure. So well, let me throw this at you, and this is, I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree with this a hundred percent, but would Andre Robertson being back in the lineup make it easy easier for them to play like they are? Because no one's trying to, no one's trying to fit Andre Robertson. Andre Robertson is an offensive player into the mix. Like he gives them a defensive identity that they, even with Paul George, I don't know that they had the same identity that they had. You know, I mean, we all go back to that eight-game stretch before Robertson got hurt, and who knows if Robertson will ever get back to that again. But the Thunder were playing well in that stretch because you're right; they did realize what they were. Part of what they were. At that time, was a good defensive team, especially on the perimeter. Paul George is a good defender. Robertson's a good defender. Could that change things for him? Because I felt like a lot of times last year they were trying to outscore people and outshoot people. Yeah, and it's it, it's not what they are. It's not what they're good at. Yeah, it's not what they are. It's what they could be because if they hit on guys like Terrence Ferguson, who did make a, a really solid leap, and if he makes a similar leap into year three, the Thunder have on paper a nice array of shooters. They got. Paul George, Jeremy Grant, um, Terrence Ferguson in that situation. And then who knows with Hami or Deontay Burton or even Darius Baisley if he gets some burn this year. Right. Um, but again, like everything you said is true. I get what you mean. Like if Robertson is playing and he's in the lineup, does that help that identity? I don't know because at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook's still going to jack up six or seven threes a game. Sure. And especially in games that – you know, there are 82 games, but there are some games that mean more. And every time the Thunder played Denver, it would just remind me, you know, this team is good. And, of course, Denver only made it to the second round. But you try to compare the team that you're covering to other upper echelon teams in the conference. And every time they played Denver, I would just be reminded their ceiling is so is so much lower than it probably should appear because when they get into those big moments and when the lights are brightest – Guys like Russell and Dennis Schroeder, they're just going to jack up shots, just bad shots, bad possessions. And when these games are um, decided by a possession or two, when you look back and see, you know, Russ and Dennis combined for three of 18 from the three-point line, right. like that's just head-scratching. And so I just don't know. I just wish they would embrace fully who they are. Like, yes, you're not going to be the Warriors, but you know what? You can still be successful in the NBA and not be the Warriors. Sure. That's just my thing. And I wonder if that's even realistic with where Russell Westbrook was last year and then moving forward, trying to prognosticate if he's going to be able to bounce back, at least from the mid-range. Yeah, there's just no there's no self-awareness sometimes from the Thunder on the offensive end of the floor. Like, sometimes Russell Westbrook will shoot nine or ten threes, 
and I don't even know that he realizes it. You know, sometimes he'll go two for nine. I don't, he just gets kind of caught up in the moment, and sometimes that's great because it leads to him dunking over three people or having a 20-20-20 game or, you know, getting hot and scoring 50-something points. But when you shoot 29%, if you get caught up in the moment, you're going to have a lot of bad nights. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I Everyone wants the Thunder to sign a shooter. If it was that easy, every team would be signing shooters right everybody now. Everybody wants a shooter. Yeah, everybody like, wants a like shooter. Just like in the 90s, everybody wanted a center and a power forward. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think one of the big things that I've, I've tended to disagree with people on, and everyone knows me, I'm the big Russell Westbrook critic, right? And I do criticize a lot of parts of his game that I think need to be better for the Thunder to win. But I think he gets an unfair rap when it comes to why the Thunder don't develop shooters. Because the first take everyone has is always, well, you can't develop a shooter when Russell Westbrook's got the ball in his hand so much and, you know, guys can't get consistent shots. I think the real reason the Thunder can't develop a shooter is because most shooters become shooters because they are not as good athletically, right? Shooters mm-hmm. become – and, I mean, a lot of times they're kind of stiff white guys, right? A lot of times they're smaller guys. A lot of times they're guys that don't have the athletic ability to jump to the rim like other guys. That's why they're shooters. A lot of Euro players are shooters, but they're not what we would call crazy good athletes. Well, the Thunder have defensive liabilities in Russell Westbrook at times, in Steven Adams now on the pick and roll. We know they had it with Ennis Cantor back in the day. Uh, You know, they had it to some extent with James Harden when he was here even. And so when you're trying to get a shooter legitimate minutes, you have to be able to hide them on defense. And the Thunder haven't had anywhere to hide their good shooters on defense. They can't hide Anthony Morrow on defense because they're already trying to hide Russell Westbrook on defense. You know, And I think that's really in- inhibited shooters from being able to go in and get the minutes they need. So, yeah, the Thunder could sign a shooter. Is he going to be able to play for them? Is he going to be able to do enough on the defensive end? Because... If you've got a shooter who can't play defense and Russell Westbrook who's inconsistent with his defensive effort, you know, and Paul George is banged up or Andre Robertson's banged up, I mean, you can you can sign a shooter all you want, but you can't play him if he's just going to give up a point. You give up points every time. We saw can't play Cantor from Billy Donovan. I mean, I think that was kind of what it was like with Anthony Morrow when he was here. Yeah, like I was actually I was actually talking to Michele Barra from Down to Dunk. They do a great job. Uh, listen to their podcast. Um, I I have actually have a take on Russ when it comes to shooters, and this is more of the offensive uh, end of the floor. And you're exactly right about defensively. Like it's like the Thunder have tried to put out that stereotypical shooter that can't really do much on defense. They can't hide him because they kind of have to hide Russ. Like you're exactly right, right. and that's on Russ. Russ can be a guy that sure. you don't have to hide. That, sure. That's on him. Um, something that like I guess I've just noticed watching Russell for the last 11 years, it really seems like if you want to set him up with like the best team around him, you have to have guys that are confident with the ball in their hands, not guys that just are relegated to standing in the corner. Like James Harden needs guys like that. He wants guys to just stationary Catch stand in the corner yeah. so he can break a defense down and either get to the rim or uh, kick it out to a three-point shooter. I just, after watching Russell for so long, it just seems like he respects players that are confident enough to at least pump fake, put the ball on the floor, and do something with it, rather than them just stand in the corner. Because I think at that point, Russell just says, "If unless you're wide the hell open, I, I would rather take the ball to the rim myself than pass it to you, and then you pump fake and then turn the ball over. 
So, like, that makes it even harder to, like, try and set up a roster because, yes, how many teams want shooters? All of them. How many shooters are there? Few. How many shooters are there that can shoot and move the ball and put the ball on the floor? Like, it's that, that is just, those hardly exist. I mean, Wesley Matthews is probably one of those few guys that has, is quote unquote available. That's why Sam Presti mentioned him twice at his exit interview, which was still kind of weird. Well, and shooters also. Most shooters don't grow up standing in one spot catching it and shooting. Shooters yeah. have to move a lot. And that's where Russell Westbrook, it feels like his, and you kind of mentioned this, that his theory on offense is get the ball, go. Pass it to someone, they go. Whereas the Warriors, it's the man with the ball has it. He may go or he may not, but everyone else is doing stuff around him. You know, And I, I don't feel like Russell Westbrook really jives with that offensive philosophy, and that's what's big now in the NBA. I mean, like, J.J. Reddick's a great shooter. He can't stand still and shoot the ball. He's always coming off screens. That's how he gets open to shoot. Um, You know, I mean, it's easy to say just find me a guy that will stand and make shots. Uh, Jeremy Grant is pretty good at that, right? Mm -hmm. Terrence Ferguson has gotten better at that. But if you're actually going to go out and get shooters, and it's why the Thunder getting shooters hasn't worked, it's, it's also hard to just stand and catch and shoot when that's not what you've done for your entire basketball career. Yeah, and I think it leads to Russell basically because the example I was telling uh, to McKelly was there would be games when <clears throat> in that injury plague year when it was Russell, Ennis Canner, Stephen Adams, and then Anthony Morrow would get a lot of minutes. There, Russell would go games without passing the ball to Anthony Morrow more than once. Right. And when that when your offense is like left to that and Morrow is a good shooter it just doesn't make sense that your point guard gives him few opportunities and i we've seen that with Terrence Ferguson when he would have his good stretches of games he would have a game the next night where he'd have one or two shots and yes a lot of that should be attributed to him you know he needs to be more aggressive but also he needs to just be given more opportunities sure. by his point guard so at the end of the day i i think it just all hinges on Russell like every Every argument we have or debate that we have about this team, the roster makeup, it really just comes down to Russell because even if Paul George had been healthy, if he'd never hurt his shoulder and then the Thunder had, you know, let's just say they at least go 500 in April instead of 6-13. and 13, And then they stumble their way into the playoffs. They play Portland. I, I just don't know if I trust Russell to not make it a one-on-one between him and Dame. And, th- like, we've kind of alluded to this in in other words this whole time like th- that's what it comes down to for this team is if Russell doesn't make it personal he doesn't make it about himself and that's why I think this offseason is so important for him and I think that it's good you know no one's going to say that knee procedures are a good thing but thank god it happened right at the end or beginning of the offseason so that he can have an offseason to focus on other things sure that have little to do with just his athleticism because Yes, he can break down a defense. He can still, you know, one-on-one, he's a terror to defend. But teams understand what he is, and they use it against him. I just realized that I said that I was going to kind of take Russ's side, and then I said that (laughs) part of the reason why they don't have good shooters is because Russ isn't very good on defense. So I guess I kind of didn't take Russ's side. So apologies to the Russell Westbrook fans out there. (laughs) Um, No, it's it's for sure going to be an interesting offseason, no doubt about it. I'm – God, we're just a few days away from free agency, which is crazy to me. Yeah, it's um, what June 30th at 5, which we will be 
um, Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, myself, I believe Madison. Uh, I think we're all going to be on for the free agency show from 5 to 7, 5 to 8. I don't know. I, again, you don't want to do midnight to 2 a.m. again? That was actually kind of fun just because, <laughs> you know, Paul George signed at 12.01 and then Jeremy Grant signed three minutes later, which was even more surprising because I don't think any, like, I think everybody thought, okay, if they get Paul George, that's like the slam dunk. Um, they probably don't have enough money for Jeremy. Oh, my God, they got him. You know, yeah. I was like, whoa. I just got a text from my wife, by the way, that said, please tell Madison I said hi. So, <laughs> I guess you're chopped liver. Uh, yeah, she's also bummed that Madison's not here. Uh, no, I will say this. One thing that I've noticed, and I, I brought this up on the air a little bit, and I know you guys have broken down the draft and the Baisley pick and what the Thunder did on draft night. You know, I was thinking about this on draft night, and I remember a couple years ago when Russell Westbrook was, you know, this time we were wondering if he's going to sign his Supermax contract with the Thunder, the extension. And I remember thinking, God, they should just blow it up, right? I mean, Kevin Durant left, just blow it up and start over. You know, I, I'm, I'm wrong on that. I, I really think now, and I think it's something that Presti deserves a lot of credit for, there are only a handful of teams in the NBA that blowing it up works. Because when you blow it up, you have to talk big-name free agents into coming to a team that's not bad or not good and make them good, right? Like, you blow up the Lakers. It doesn't matter if the Lakers are 0-82. If they have three max spots, you can find three max guys that want to go to L.A. and play because it's the Lakers, yeah. right? Same with the Knicks. Same with uh, maybe the Bulls. Right now, the Warriors probably fall into that mode a little bit. The Thunder don't. And the then, Jazz don't. I mean, they have to stay relevant to get big-name free agents, and they've done that over a decade, which is amazing. Yeah, and, I mean, Zion Williamson is not in every single draft. So right. even if you say, well, we're not going to build through free agency, we're going to build through the draft. Well, for every Zion Williamson, <clears throat> damn, I cannot talk. For every Zion Williamson, there's an Anthony Bennett as sure. the first, first overall pick. And even, you know, with how the draft lottery is set up now, the Thunder could tank and blow it up like, like you've talked about. They could blow it up and tank. But they're not guaranteed anything, really. So, like, I completely understand um, the Thunder's mindset and how they've tried to navigate their team and their roster and tried to, trying to be relevant, trying to be good right now, and then balance that out with drafting for the future. And, you know, the Thunder, at the very least, you know, they, they have a sneaky good roster if guys develop in the next few years, even after Russell Westbrook and Paul George's window kind of go, go out the window, their primes. So, um, I mean, I guess any – before we – because I want to talk about Baisley and then, of course, the Boston thing that we touched upon. Um, are there any any positive takes that you have about Darius Baisley in that draft pick at I mean, all? Give Thunder fans something. The most positive thing I can say is – and I heard Andrew Gilman say this on the Franchise Morning Show, and it's so true. Even if you don't like the pick, you have to say, I mean, I really don't know. I don't know if he's going to be good or not. Yeah. Right? I mean, like the even the most the most you know, the person who's the most negative about it has to admit that they don't know if he's gonna be good or not. I mean, you might think he's not gonna be good, you don't know. You haven't seen him play college ball. <laughs> I mean re, I mean we're watching him basically play against like, you know, sixteen and seventeen year olds at the lighthouse on a Sunday in a third place game on the video they showed on draft night. So I mean he looks super athletic. What I didn't understand about it was it felt like last year there was a concerted effort to get better now with the draft, like going and getting a guy like Hami Diallo, who we knew they were going to try to plug in last year, uh, taking a chance on Hervey and Burton, two guys that maybe could get some minutes, and Burton ended up getting minutes. 
So it felt like last year that they were really trying to get somebody on the roster that would help now. It feels like this year it's more of a, you know, towards the future, long-term type draft pick, mm. which I'm not against. It just doesn't seem like it's a continuation of last year's method. So, yeah. um, you know, you're drafting 21 or 23 where they get him after trading down. What are you going to get at 21 usually anyway? I mean, everyone yeah. likes to say, mm. like, oh, the Thunder passed up on Steph Curry or the Thunder passed up on Draymond Green. <coughs> I mean, so did everybody else, you know? Like, it's – Sam Presti has had some great draft picks. He's had some bad draft picks. You know what? That's every GM in the league. Like, that's just how it works. It's it's a guessing game a lot of times with these guys. With Baisley, it's a huge guessing game. To me, it's low risk and high reward. Yeah, and just like I told Chisholm on Monday, uh, I, I have no doubt that the Thunder woke up that day and said, well, we need to help the roster now. When those things didn't materialize, whether it was a player that right. targeted, like a Cam Johnson or a Tyler Hero, um, that could help this team right now with their particular skill, um, if it was that or a trade scenario that didn't materialize, you know, I, I don't know. So then, my logic would then tell me that well, then they fall back to their mantra, which is draft for the future. And with this draft pick, I, like like you said, you should really have. You can be underwhelmed. You can be disappointed. But to say that he is the next best thing or trash is right. unfair. Yeah. Because we just There's... don't we just don't know. And then I think it also kind of plays into what I talked about earlier of how I mean maybe Sam Presti, Russell Westbrook, Paul George like where this team is anyway. Maybe they just feel no, we were a shoulder injury away from really doing something. What that is, I don't know. Are they wrong in thinking that? You know, that's up for debate because even even healthy, I think that maybe Unless the ball really bounces their way, I think they're at best a second-round team, which is an improvement. But would Thunder fans be happy with simply getting to the second round? No, they'd be pissed off that they didn't make it to the next one. So, well, I'll say this much: maybe Russell Westbrook and Paul George feel that way, but it certainly feels like the assistant coaches didn't feel that this was a team that was ready to run it back because, you yeah. know, or that there was stability not just with the roster but with their coaching staff because they hopped out of town pretty quick. Yeah, and. I guess if we're going to use the same logic about Baisley and like that we don't know, um, so it's kind of unfair to say good or bad, I think it's probably a little unfair to just guess. Because, because, you know, one, they don't let us talk to assistant coaches. We don't know contracts. We don't know numbers. Um, we don't know anything. We don't even know about Billy Donovan past this season, whether, whether he finishes it or not. Um, for all we know, maybe, you know, a guy like Mark Bryant, maybe he was offered more money, more Sure. In more years, more stability, and he just couldn't say no to it. You know, so I'll tell you um, what we do know though is that it's not normal for three assistant coaches to leave in one offseason. No, I mean that's we know that. What, why they leave, who knows? Especially it's not especially normal. two of them that have been here for mm-hmm. some time. Especially Mark Bryan, who's been here forever. But um, I guess one more thing before I get, let you get out of here, Todd, because you, um, we t- touched upon it a little bit. It's a hot issue right now. Stephen Adams to the Boston Celtics makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I get it. I, I'm trying to look at it from Boston's perspective because I know why it works for the Thunder. I just don't know why they would do this, especially in the wake of losing Kyrie, um, losing Al Horford, uh, potentially. You know, it's looking that way. Um, they're going to go after a, a, a max-level guy to try and salvage what, what they've been able to build 
and not let it just kind of go out the window all in one offseason. So they're going to try and get a max-tier guy. Kimball Walker is the one right now. Yeah, um, and because Steven Adams makes so much money, I just don't know any scenario where Boston says, we did it, we got Steven Adams, like we're, we're better now. Because they get Kimball Walker, do they have room to get Steven without gutting their depth? Because that's what it looks like. Um, if they strike out on a max-level guy, why would they then say, we did it, we got Steven Adams? It, it just... To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I don't, I don't know. I would have to really dive into the numbers if they got Kimball Walker. How they would create enough room to trade for Stephen Adams? I think Chisholm told me yesterday, and I could be wrong, but um, I'll try and look back up on it. But if they got Kimba, they could trade Stephen, but it would have to be for like Marcus Smart, uh, uh, right. Jalen Brown. They, right. they would have to gut their roster, sure, their depth, sure. And that that might be where you have to get a third team involved. Yeah, exactly. On a trade like that, but. I know that um, – so here's where it makes sense for the Celtics, and this is coming from the Celtics fan. The Celtics have Gordon Hayward on a max contract. They're likely going to lose Horford and, uh, and Kyrie this year. So they have one max contract out there, and it's Gordon Hayward. They have two guys in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown after next year, Jason Tatum after the following year, that are going to be up for an extension. Out of those two, Tatum is the one that you would think the Celtics would sign to a max contract. That they, if they had to choose one of those two. So, if you're going to have enough money to sign Jason Tatum, you're probably going to have to either lowball Jalen Brown and get nothing for him, or let him walk after his rookie contract's done. So, instead of letting him walk, what the Celtics could do is basically take a... If, so, we'll say Kimball Walker signs with the... Uh, say he signs back with the Hornets, whatever. Okay, so the Celtics at this point, they're out on any big-name free agent. They're not going to get a max-level, game-changing free agent this year. So you, you push it off until next offseason. So what you do is you trade for Steven Adams. You get his $26 million in contract. You have room to cover that. It's not a big deal. If it works, it works. You know, If it sticks and he's great in Boston, then you might think about keeping him that year after. But if it doesn't work, you can find a team – to trade for his expiring contract in the last year. That's true, yeah. And get rid of that salary and then bring in a free agent next offseason. So, I mean, I think they could use Adams as a stopgap stop right now gap. and then next year offer his expiring contract up to teams like, for example, a team who next offseason might find themselves where the Hawks were last offseason, where they basically bought out Carmelo's contract. And you might mm-hmm. be able to trade for a player or trade for draft picks or both. Yeah. and get Steven Adams off your roster. So that's where it makes sense for the Celtics. Obviously, if they sign Kimba, it's going to have to take a lot of cap gymnastics, and I don't know if that can work out. But, um, you know, I, and then I think for the Thunder, they would get Jalen Brown. You could then spend a little more money to sign Nerlens Noel. And, you know, John Hamm said it, that, it, that if they can find someone to take Patrick Patterson's salary, and sign Nerlens Noel to the mid-level and trade Steven Adams for Jalen Brown, then I think that puts him under the luxury tax. Yeah. So, I mean, it would kill two birds with one stone, I think, for Oklahoma City. I think they would get better at a position where they need to get better, especially if Robertson's not going to be healthy, mm-hmm. by bringing in Jalen Brown. He'd be a nice off-the-bench type of guy or perhaps a starter and move Ferguson to off-the-bench. Uh, and I think for the Celtics, you know, they shipped off Aaron Bain. They have no center on the roster right now. So... It would fill a gap for them as well, and it would just kind of be a chance for them to take a take a pass on next year and try to really reload in that following offseason. Because yeah. that would also be the year they'd give Tatum his max contract too. So Yeah. 
I guess you know, they, you could, and, and I mean, think, and here's another thing too that goes into it. I totally forgot about this. Is in 2020. So next year will be the 2020 draft. The Celtics have three picks in the first round. They have their pick. They have Milwaukee's pick, and it's top seven protected. But Milwaukee's Milwaukee's 60 yeah, wins. Even. Yeah, they'll get that pick at the end of the first round. Then they have, and this is what's really interesting. They have Memphis's pick that's top six protected. Okay, Memphis is in a full rebuild mode. Yeah. So if Memphis doesn't use that pick next year, what you can say to a free agent is, "Hey, look, not only are you coming in, we've got Jason Tatum long term. We've got Gordon Hayward, hopefully who's, you know, bounces back, bounces back and averages twenty plus a game. But after one season with us, we're going to have Memphis's unprotected pick, which might be a top five pick mm-hmm. in the draft. So you know, I think they're using that as leverage as well. And it's, I think right now the Celtics are saying. If we can't get Kimba Walker and win now, what can we do to, you know, in a couple years kind of reload? And I think Steven Adams fits with that reload plan. It's, it's just amazing to remember, like, Steven is – he's scheduled to make $52 million over the next two years. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, good for him. And I hope – you know, he, he's fun to watch. And, you know, we're talking about this hypothetical scenario – I don't want the fact to be lost that Stephen Adams is a good basketball player and he helps the Thunder win basketball games. He right. helps, and it's he not Stephen Adams' fault he's getting fifty-two million. Yeah, it's the next not. Two years. It's not his fault at all, and it's also maybe not even his fault that he hasn't been able to develop his his game offensively. Maybe some of that is Russell's fault. Maybe some of that is Billy Donovan's fault, or just them simply saying because when we asked Stephen Adams, he's like, "Yeah, if they want me to do it, I'll do it." But I would be <laughs> interested to see. I mean, like I. Brad Stevens will find a way to use him. Yeah. Right? Who, so I, 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 saw this, I saw this tweeted the other day, and it's so true. Can you imagine the heads exploding in Thunder World oh if Steven God. Adams goes to Boston and becomes like a 35% three-point shooter Even or something? Even if he made like that, <laughs> that big piece I wrote a few months ago about what Adams could potentially be if he does stretch the floor. Even if he becomes, becomes like a Jonas Valanciunas in terms of shooting... 1.2 three-pointers a game and yeah. hitting him at 36%. Yeah. Thunder fans would lose it. Oh, they'd it. lose it. They'd they lose would it. run Sam Presti out of town. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's always that. The third team option, I think, um, if a third team gets involved, that's that's interesting to me. But um, The Celtics also are looking at Clint Capella, too. Yeah, and I think Capella I think makes, makes a lot more sense because if he does if he does work out, it's a much easier contract the next couple of years to keep him than Adams. I think he's also just a much more util, um, utilitarian type player that sure. you, you can fit him into a system. Whereas Stephen Adams, you can fit him into a, a system, but he does have a skill set that you kind of like. You know what? Let, let's kind of gear our defense a little bit more right. towards him, or our offense maybe towards him on some sets. But um, uh, and yeah. if the Thunder get Capella, I think it makes it easier for them to maybe re-sign Terry Rozier. I know he hasn't been happy there, but how the much Celtics? of that? Uh, yeah, the Celtics. Sorry, I said the Thunder. Uh, how much of that is Brad Stevens? How much of that is Kyrie Irving? Yeah. I mean, they would love to bring him back and have him and Marcus Smart be their two-point guards. Well, so it does make sense. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. I mean, tis, tis the season for the hypothetical yeah. trade talk, but we won't know that much more until um, – real. I guess one more thing, because I always do this. I always say one more thing, and I say two more things. Um, but really quick, if the Thunder trade Steven has, do you think it's before or after July 1st? Because I know it starts on the 30th, but I, I'm talking like before initial free agency wave or after initial free, free I agency I think it would wave. be after because I don't think there's any reason for the Celtics to do it quicker because yeah. uh, it would probably wait until after Kimball Walker went elsewhere. And I don't think there's any reason for the Thunder to do it quicker because I don't think they're trying to bring in a free agent. So 
there's no urgency, I don't think, from either team. So I think that would be like a July 4th or 5th or 6th type of deal where we yeah. hear about it. Yeah. I know you said one more thing and did two more things, but i got to bring <laughs> this up too. We talked about this walking in. The story today that the NBA is considering an in-season tournament and going to oh, 58 yeah. games. I'm excited for this. I'm I really am too. Exci- I'm really excited for this. I think that it's. I think that it opens up just so many possibilities. Like, and I've tried to think of like incentives for players, for fans to get into it and, and see it as, you know, not the most important thing. The important thing is to win a championship if you're a fan base and if you're a team. But it is something that could help, you know, a team, a roster, a fan base with its pride you know i'm trying to think of every single possibility and like it just opens the door for more than even i can think of so like the mid-season tournament i'm all for i guess i'm all for like you know like scratching away some games but then we're going to open pandora's box of when records are broken oh well so-and-so had 82 games to do it she's gonna have to start a new record like you know yeah you're gonna have to reset basically yeah because you you still get it with like well the pace of play when um you know chamberlain played like you know it's all these silly conversations but yeah i'm really excited i I hope the nba is moving into this direction so the number i saw was 58 and here's why it excites me amongst other reasons is if it's 58 games you do the math there's 30 teams that you play everybody twice Mm -hmm. so not only to me does it sound like they would reset the schedule but if you're playing everybody twice you don't need a western and eastern conference so we might be looking at top sixteen in the playoffs, which is what everybody wants. Happens. Yeah, everybody now, has wanted that. What I don't, LeBron. what I don't like, is a play-in into the playoffs. There's already too many teams in the NBA playoffs. I mean, there's no other, there's no other sports league, maybe hockey, but over half the teams make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, think about that. In baseball, it's ten out of thirty. In, uh, you know, the NFL, it's twelve out of thirty-two. Those all seem about right. Well, if, if you eliminate conferences or if you keep the conferences, I think like a, a large portion of the casual NBA fan would have loved to have seen like a, pl- a play-in game of like Sacramento and maybe even a lower-end Eastern Conference playoff team like Sacramento-Detroit go. You right. know, that would have been interesting to see just to see the comparisons between like which conference is truly like how far away is the Western Conference ahead of the Eastern Conference. But As far as incentivizing it, though, I've got your answer. It's real easy. Cash money. I mean, cash money. I mean, I mean yeah. you if you could sell sponsorships to it, and let's say, so here would be here would be the way I would operate it. If you're the Thunder, you have to turn in a 15-man roster before the tournament starts. And you can suit up whatever 12 you want, but that's your roster for the tournament. Yeah. Those 15 players, when, um, and you, you might even throw, like, for example, Andre Robertson's injured, you might throw him in there so he can get a share if they win. Yeah. Right? Even though he's injured, he won't be on your 12-man game day roster, but... Those 15 players, you could find, just to find a number that works, you could get somebody to sponsor it $75 million. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility if you had a title sponsor yeah. for the entire playoffs. You take that $75 million, distribute it, $5 million to each player. And a guy like Russell Westbrook who doesn't need it, he can give that to his foundation. He can give it back to the community if he wants. Mm-hmm. He can also take that and put it in the bank. But that's life-changing money for a guy like Deontay Burton. Yeah, you know, or or somebody who's at the end of your bench. So, you know, you may have you could you could also do it like baseball does, where they they vote as a team on who gets a playoff share, mm-hmm. who gets a tournament share. Maybe your athletic trainer gets a hundred thousand dollars, or you know, your ball boy gets fifty grand. They can de- determine how they want to hand that money out. So, I think that would be the way to incentivize it. We've all watched the basketball tournament on ESPN where it's winner take all. Yeah. Just do that with higher stakes, and 
it may not seem like it means much to Russell Westbrook, but I promise you Russell Westbrook would get a kick out of making enough money that he could double Deontay Burton's salary or, you know, double Terrence Ferguson's salary or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you could make that work for sure. Yeah, and then in, like, in the conversation of, like, shedding games or narrowing it down to, like, out of 82, like, why doesn't the NBA ever talk about, like, in the playoffs? Because some of these playoff series are just, they're too damn long. Yeah. And, like, this has been talked, like, I'm not unique to this um, idea at all, but because I understand how iconic Game 7 is. I I understand how iconic that that phrase is, that game is. But, like, the first round or two doesn't need to be going 7. Like, it it really... Well, it's all a money thing, man. It's a money thing, but... Because I, like my, I, I think the perfect scenario is you have skunks. You're up 3-0, series over. Yeah. Yeah, I feel because like, I feel like the league can make that money that they would lose if they shed some of these playoff series by a game or so. They can make that up in other areas, especially if they introduce this midseason tournament. But no one's going to vote for it because the league might make it up, but if the Thunder were down 3-0 to the Blazers, that's the Thunder losing a home game. And then the organization's losing money on it. So That's true. You know, they'd have to reimburse them from the league. Or I don't even know how that would work. But I've just kind of accepted it as much as I hate it. The playoffs are going to last forever. They're gonna, there's going to be way too many series that go wait. Like, we don't need Magic and Bucks for seven games. Or who was it Pistons and Bucks this year? Whoever it was. We don't need that. But it's just going to – it is what it is. And, yeah, especially with the whole conversation of, well – we need all these travel days because you know, like travel is so important. It's like these guys are flying on private jets. Sure, they're there in an hour. Like it only really affects you if it's like it was in the finals, Toronto, Golden State. It's on the other side of the continent. Like, Have you seen the the video of Charles Barkley telling Shaq that they used to fly commercial? Uh huh. There's a great clip. <laughs> you can probably find it on YouTube where Charles Barkley's telling a story about. Back in the day when we flew commercial, and Shaq goes, wait a minute, you flew commercial? Like, he had no idea that players even did that. And Barkley was like, yeah, my rookie year I sat in coach. Like, they made the rookies sit in coach. For, imagine that, like, NBA players sitting in coach next to, you know, Dan from Toshiba who's going to a conference in Memphis or and, something. And then we'd have to see a video of Steven Adams offering somebody $1,500 <laughs> yeah, straight. Exactly. Like, can, can you please move so I can have leg room? Exactly. I'm like, seven feet tall, man. I, I mean, I, I would I would love to see the two things I would love to see that will probably never happen are make it a five-game series in the first round at least. That, but, it's that, that's how it used to be up until, what, 2 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, I mean, travel's not that bad anymore. They get three days between games sometimes. Just play seven games rotating home court. Yeah. Games one, three, five, seven at the home court team. Games two, four, six at the road team. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pretty simple. I – I don't know. I, they fight, It took them forever to get away from two three two in the finals, which was so uh, archaic. It's not even funny. But it helped uh, the Heat win a championship with yeah. the with Dwayne Wade and Shaq. It also helped them maybe win a title against the Thunder. But um, not Thunder fans are gonna be pissed off about that. But I was happy um, in two thousand six. But um, Todd, get out of here, man. You've been I appreciate here, it. You've been it's been here fun. Way too Hopefully, long. I wasn't You're, too negative. No, 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 no. You probably gave Thunder fans a lot of uh, optimism about a potential Boston trade because, right. like I said, they're ready to ship Stephen off. I know. I know. Madison's up. probably not happy, right? The ladies are not happy that Madison. Might be on Madison the move. is on record as saying that um, whatever helps the team uh, a little bit better, she's all for because she she wants to see this team go further, and if that means moving Stephen Adams, then so be it. Well, so, tell her that those. So, uh, Kelly Green jerseys are going to bring his eyes out. So (laughs) he'll be even more beautiful than Kelly Green.
Todd, thank you so much. No man. problem, Appreciate buddy. it. Everybody, um, I guess stay tuned. I'm going to have Madison on in the next segment, so uh, stay tuned for that. But for Mr. Todd Lizenby, thank you so much for uh, jumping on the show. Um, I'll talk to you guys in just a few minutes with Madison Morris. And now we are going to call Miss Madison Morris, and hopefully she repl- she answers the phone and says something funny that she doesn't want recorded on the podcast. So without further ado, here she is. Ring, ring, ring. Howdy, howdy. Hello, Madison. What's up? Not a lot. What are you doing? I'm recording the podcast right now, so... Ah, uh, uh, that, yes. Yeah. Yes, that thing. Yeah, so uh, tell me about your day real real quick. Tell me about your day. Um. So today I got to go to the dermatologist and... Do you have leprosy? Uh, I, no, I do not have leprosy. And uh, um, I do have everyone's favorite, acne. And it's been consistent. Oh, for no. A hot minute now. So that is why I decided to go to the dermatologist and figure that out so I don't look like a prepubescent 16-year-old boy anymore. Now, now, now. There's nothing wrong with looking like a prepubescent 16-year-old boy. It wasn't until... Except that I'm a 23-year-old woman. Well, I guess that's that's also true. Um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and start the prayers for Madison uh, hashtag on Twitter. We'll probably put that on Seriously. on the uh, tweet announcing this podcast. But, Pray uh, for Madison's face. <laughs> um, no, uh, I, I will say before we actually get into basketball stuff, which there's so much to talk about, Madison, because the Thunder... Um, they haven't played in three years, and they haven't <laughs> made any changes to their roster outside of an 18-year-old who hasn't played basketball in a year. And we've already talked yeah, about that. We've already talked about this kid as much as we can. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about the kid. <laughs> but I will Honestly. say, I will say, uh, earlier when I had Todd on the show, he was very disappointed that you weren't there. He was like, "I thought I was getting Brady and Madison." Like, oh, Todd. Yeah, he. Um, we were about 30 minutes into the show, and his wife, Kelly, um, texted him and said, Hey, tell Madison I said hi. <laughs> oh, my girl, Kelly. I adore the Lizenby family. Kelly was actually in uh, Kendra, Scott, the other day. It's another place I work. And we... Madison? Thanks. I mean, that's my girl. That is a good quality woman. Well, I'm sure you said a lot of great things about her, but uh, sadly, like in the middle of your... Um, like praise of Kelly Lizenby, uh, the phone cut out. So the phone's cut out a, f- a few times, but are you, where are you? Are you in Ada? Oh gosh. Uh, yes, I'm still in Ada right now, uh, just because my car is actually getting worked on. So my face got worked on and my car is getting worked on. Yeah. Um, All right, yeah, we, need, we, need, we need to pray for you and start a GoFundMe for a new car, apparently. Yeah, and for a new uh, cell service. It's been acting up at here since I've been here. So just, uh, let me know if I need to repeat anything. We need to just, this podcast needs to just furnish Madison Morris's lifestyle. Seriously, though, right? Yes. Well, um, it, it's kind of funny, Madison. You know, like we're going to podcast today because um, we want to be consistent. We want to be there for our awesome subscribers and listeners. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, though, because we're going to be talking to each other about pretty much the same stuff. Uh, this Saturday, you and I are actually running the Franchise Thunder Insider Show, and uh, 
We've got a potential co-host lined up that I'm pretty excited for, but I won't say because he or she is currently trying to figure out if they can actually do the two hours from 10 to noon. And then I've got some other people lined up maybe for some guest spots, but hopefully um, with John Hamm and Jerry Ramsey out this Saturday, we'll at least have a lot of fun. And then, yeah, and then um, from 5 to 7 or 5 to 8 the next day on Sunday on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa, we will be doing the free agency show, which is going to be so exciting because, as you know, Madison, the Thunder are just primed and ready to sign a max-level deal for some superstar player to be that third guy or fourth guy, along with Steven Adams, Russ Westbrook, and Paul George, which um, sadly is not going to happen. It's going to be fun regardless. NBA stuff's going to happen. We'll be on the radio, so tune into that. But yeah, Madison, we're going to be uh, talking a lot about basketball, considering the team that we cover hasn't played in quite some time. Well, that's true. I mean, there is a lot of other stuff to talk about that is going going on around the league, but... I mean, yeah, Brady's really said it. There's not much to talk about with this team uh, that we cover right now, mainly because, uh, yeah, they haven't played. They haven't picked up a basketball. They haven't been in Chesapeake Energy Arena. We haven't been there to annoy you guys. So it's just, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I am excited for the show. A lot of stuff's going to go down Sunday night, of course, but I think uh, depending on who we have there on Saturday, won't give any spoilers, but um, I, I think there is still a lot to discuss there's a lot of potential things going on right now i think there's a lot of uh rumors floating around the twitter machine and just everyone's really on their toes seeing what's going to happen next and what's going to be that next step so um i'm a little eager to see what's going on i think every single season there's been just at least a couple of jaw droppers and so i i don't know i mean something's gonna happen something might even happen with this team in oklahoma city so I mean, I guess we shall just sit back, uh, drink some lemonade, and uh, figure it out from there. Yeah, it's it's funny. Todd Todd also said, um, and I guess we can get your take on this, Madison. Um, Todd was saying how the because it's pretty much been floated out there, mainly in just rumors and maybe some some reports that the Thunder have discussed a possible trade with the Sacramento Kings. I mean, there, there, all those rumors out there with uh, Stephen Adams potentially being traded to Boston. And Todd said that he was just completely worried about your well-being in the event that Stephen Adams is traded. <laughs> well, I do love a man in green, so, I mean, it's going to be all That's right, funny. That's, that, that's, what, that's exactly what he said. He said that Celtic green's going to bring out a lot <laughs> in Stephen Adams. Heck, yeah, green's one of my favorite colors. So, I mean, if anyone's got to wear the Boston jersey and it's going to be Stephen Adams, sure, I'll be all right with it. I mean, okay, what what's your favorite color? Is it green or orange? Uh, it's actually black. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I don't know if anyone ever really – I don't think I've ever made that, like, a publicly known thing, but my favorite color is black. Is black is black a color? Um, yes and no, just because it has absolutely zero vibrancy to it, but if you look at it in kind of a different perspective, it's a color that is just, uh, it's, it's very unique in its own because it, it looks good on people. It's very striking. It's very, uh, slimming and haunting. I love it. Yeah. Um, I guess black will work considering that you went to OSU and there's black in their color scheme. But, um, I mean, where That's does, where does red or crimson land on your color rankings? You know, it, 
I mean, red, it's fine. I have a lot of red clothing items. It's not a color I absolutely despise. Like, the color yellow. I really don't like the color yellow, so... It's awful. It's an uh, awful color. It just is... It's sickly. People look very sickly in yellow, so... Red's fine. I'll I'll agree that red is good. Man, rest in peace to your mentions. Um, would you ever... <laughs> I don't know if you saw the picture of Russell in Paris this past week where he was in that red... He was in that red pantsuit thing that mm-hmm. that was like deep V all the way down to like almost his belly button. It was like the, I guess he was supposed to be matching the Ferrari he took a picture in front of because it was also the same cherry red color. Um, my my question to you, Madison, is would you ever be caught dead in an outfit like that? Um, if people paid me a bunch of money to wear that specific outfit and take a picture in front of a Ferrari, sure. I would absolutely put the fully red suit thing on, whatever it looked like. Um, I think I saw a picture of it, but my goodness, I think that's, we're just going to let Russell have that outfit and I'm just going to fade it to the back and not ever wear something like that again. So you're basically for sale. Come on, Madison. Basically, yeah. I don't even know how to answer this. Uh... (laughs) You know, you try to be witty and funny, but then it just comes off like, yeah, sure, I'm for sale. It's like prostitution. No, no big deal. It's fine. A photographer prostitution ring. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if that exists, but. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things. Speaking of Stranger Things season three, July 4th, everybody is excited. Hopefully it's better than season two, which was complete and utter, utter, utter trash. Uh, Madison, um, you know, speaking real for now you know we had our fun um the thunder and their and the potential for them to move steven adams um i guess we've talked about this a little bit before but because we're getting a little bit closer to free agency because we're getting because we're away from the draft and obviously um that draft pick more than likely did not help this team for this season you know we can kind of agree with that even though there, we can really go off of nothing, and Todd, you know, said it really eloquently, and um, I've said it on Monday's podcast with Chisholm. I think it's just kind of unfair to say, you know, right or wrong, you know, that for this pick, you know, we don't have we don't have anything to go off of with Darius Baisley. So to say that he's going to be the next great Thunder player or he's complete and utter rubbish, I think is unfair. But we've got right. but we've got that out of the way. The draft pick. Um, the potential for the Thunder to move Steven Adams to bring in guys to help um, right now, and then also also get under the uh, luxury tax bill, um, just shed, you know, I guess shed salary, I guess is what this trade could potentially boil down to. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I- I'm just trying to think think of it from a because we've talked about it from a basketball perspective. I'm trying to think of it from a fan perspective. I mean, what would need to happen? For Thunder fans to basically sign off on the concept of trading away Stephen Adams, because um, in some of the conversations I've had with some um, Thunder fans on Twitter, they're really ready to ship him off because they're only thinking about the end result and how it can help this team be better. So I guess my question to you is, like, how how would the Thunder fan base actually react to a Stephen Adams trade? So that I really like what you said right there is people are kind of starting to come into their own and realize that if they want to see this team uh, carry over and do something a little bit better than what they've been doing, get out of that first round of the playoffs, win a couple more games throughout the regular season um, and not hit that wall that they really hit this season or this past season, 
then something's got to change. And I don't think right now Thunder fans are wanting to admit that it might be Steven Adams that needs to change. And maybe the presence of him on this team right now, it's just not working. And maybe it isn't going to work later on. And so if they're going to finally accept the fact that there needs to be a change made and some other guy can come in here and really take on the role that Steven Adams has been taking, but do it a little bit better, a little bit to a higher level, then that then so be it. You know, that's kind of what I've had to go by because I mean it's not it's not a secret. I enjoy Steven Adams. I enjoy his presence in Oklahoma City. I like what he does for this team and I like the presence that he puts on for this organization. It's kind of an exciting thing that people can look at the Thunder basketball team and they really understand like Steven Adams is a big role in this. However, you have to kind of shed that from time to time and realize that if you want to see this team totally like shift gears and totally go in and do something completely different and completely brilliant that could really help the organization and bring good positive light to the uh, to the city then a change needs to be made so that's kind of where it comes into maybe steven adams doesn't work for this team anymore and if they want to do something smart uh something that's going to be good for uh money in this system good for other players in the system uh even good for steven adams on a personal level then maybe it's time to see him go play for someone else and maybe it's time to bring someone else into Oklahoma City that can fill his shoes and maybe play at a little bit of a higher level. Is, am I sitting here saying that I don't think Steven Adams have, has been playing at a high level? Absolutely not, because he for sure has. He's been doing some great things for this team. He obviously performs very, very well, uh, but it just hasn't been enough to carry this team over to the next point. And that's just been my big thing with Steven Adams this year is maybe it's just not working and maybe someone else can come in and Thunder fans may be a little bit upset at first, maybe a little like heartbroken to see a guy who has represented Oklahoma City his entire professional career uh, leave Oklahoma City and wear a different jersey, but get over it. Like that's part of the business. That's kind of part of this league. You're going to see your favorite players leave that one team and go play somewhere else. And maybe they can really shine and be great somewhere else. And you can still support them. But maybe they're just not right for your team here in Oklahoma City anymore. And that's just that's the tea. I mean, that's just going to have to be how it is. So if they're going to bring someone else in and ship Steven Adams off to another team, then I really think it could be smart. It could be something good. We don't know that yet, but... I mean, Thunder fans, that's something that they can really look forward to. Yeah, but like Madison, like you and I, we, we've gone to, we've gone to, we went to most of the, the Thunder's games last year. Uh, how many times were we sitting there in the first quarter saying like, wow, Steven Adams is going to have a good game. And then <laughs> for, for whatever reason, and we kind of both know what those reasons are, Russell Westbrook, um, <laughs> Like Steven would just he he just wouldn't touch the ball anymore. So like right. my my thing is is always like when people have asked me about the uh, I guess the prospects of trading Steven Adams. Like yes, it helps this team in a huge financial way, and you could potentially bring guys in that may or may not help you because you know, it really doesn't matter if you, you bring in a guy that scores X amount of points, like shooting this amount of percentage from the three point line. Like really, what it comes down to is, well, does that person fit well on this team, and do the other guys, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, trust trust this guy? Because if they don't, if that fit isn't there, 
it's all for nothing. And all you've really done is just give yourself more financial flexibility, which at this point, I don't know how important that is considering that Russell Westbrook is, you know, maybe he's plateaued, you know, at the very least because he had a very, very bad year shooting wise last season. Maybe he's able to bounce back. We don't know that. Paul George, he's he's right in the middle of his prime. That can only last for a year, two years, maybe three years, but he's only on contract for another season. So, um, like, my thing is, Steven still is integral to the success of this organization. He's still integral to the success of this team. He's not a bum by any means. He's fl- right. he's flawed, and, like, there are a lot of players, there are a lot of good players in this league that are extremely flawed. The problem is is it was just extremely highlighted in a very disappointing series, another disappointing first-round exit for the Thunder. So I feel like this is just something that Thunder fans need to realize, that, yes, Steven Adams is, in like, in theory, available for a trade. But I think it's going to have to be something where the return is almost comical, where Sam Presti basically swindles yet another um, incompetent front office where they give him just player after player and then an asset for a Steven Adams, which I don't think it would be a fair trade. Cause I don't think Steven Adams is that type of player to warrant that type of return, but you can never, you can never take out the, um, the factor of an incompetent front office out there. But um, from your perspective, Madison, how angry would you be? And how angry do you think Thunder fans would be <laughs> if Steven Adams is traded? And then all of a sudden he blossoms into your prototypical modern day center who can stretch the floor a little bit with a respectable three-point shot, is able to defend the perimeter because he's put in better um, defensive systems where not all the pressure and responsibility is on him. Like how how pissed off would everybody be? I'm going to go from a personal standpoint to start it, and I will admit I will be extremely pissed off just because uh, he's been a guy that I very much so enjoyed watching on this team. I, I mean – Yes, the past two years I've covered this team. I've kind of had to step away from that. However, before I started covering this team, I was still in college, still in high school. Loved watching Steven Adams. It was it was just good stuff to see him out there doing what he does, especially how he contributed to this team when he first joined. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm sorry, but I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for some of the things that I'm going to say, but there have been a few times that he has even admitted to the media that – some of the things that he does not do, it's because there are other guys on the team that do not want him to do it and very much so discourage him from taking like shots from the perimeter, uh, doing really just about anything else that he doesn't do. There are guys on the team that discourage him from doing it. He's even said before, if I even did that, then insert name here. I'm not going to use names. Russell Westbrook. Um, <laughs> insert name here. He would kick my ass. And so it's just, oh, my gosh. Like, if he were to go to another team and all of a sudden was able to knock down three-point shots, was really able to just come out with this fiery and explosive demeanor, he was getting fed the ball throughout the entirety of the game, not just the first quarter, oh, my God, I'd be so pissed off. Just because I felt like that was being taken away from him here then. If he's able to go to another team and possess these traits that make him – so great and so talented and so desirable at a center that he didn't have when he was in Oklahoma City? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I I would be a little pissed off. But going from a Thunder fan's point of view, which I kind of just sounded like a total fanatic when I gave that whole spiel, 
my apologies. You're crazy, Madison. <laughs> I'm, I'm like ripping my hair out as I'm talking right now. Just kidding. Um, but seriously, like I can definitely see why Thunder fans would be totally pissed off by that and just completely irked. And they may even look at uh, the Thunder organization and just think negative things about them because, I mean, you never want to limit a guy that has that much talent. And if he's going to go off and just say, oh, well, look at all this talent I have now. Look at all the things I'm able to do then it kind of just looks bad and reflects poorly on Oklahoma City. And so that's the last thing I would want for this organization to take heat from was really holding a guy like Steven Adams back. So, I mean, I totally see the frustrations on that, Brady. I would be beyond livid as well as many Thunder fans, and that's my guess, but I have a feeling I'm going to be right about that. <laughs> I just don't even want to think about it. Um, I mean, really, at the end of the day, um, I'm still at the point where – um, I would be shocked if Steven has moved. Um, I think he's way too important for this team to just look at him and, and say, like, we have to get rid of some salary. We, we have to. You don't, you don't get rid of your third best player, and he's not just the Thunder's third best player. He's incredibly important to this team, like I've said a bunch of times on this podcast. You don't just get rid of him for money purposes and then turn around and say, hey, Russ, hey, Paul, we're, we're in it to win it right now. It's like, no, that's not how that works. So, <laughs> I again, I would be shocked if Steven would, is moved. But I also understand that there are maybe some very unlikely scenarios that you move Steven, you shed salary, you get under the luxury tax, and then you also improve your team. But the likelihood of that happening, I think, is very slim. Um, Madison, before I get you out of here, because I, I didn't want, want to keep you on here for too long because we're going to be talking to each other twice this weekend, so I wanted to hold on to some things for um, the radio. Good but, call, good <laughs> call. But um, the new Thunder jerseys, because we had, like Todd and I didn't talk about them. Have you had a chance to see the new alternate jerseys? Yes. Um, they're they're right. They're right. Um, I mean, they are orange. I yeah, mean, I mean, they they will say that they are sunset, but they're orange. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna be totally honest. It's probably I think I just need to look at them a little bit longer. Uh, but right now, the fact that they're orange slash uh, sunset is the only thing I like about them right now. There's just no sleekness to them. They just yeah. They, there, there's they, no like you know. There's no aha factor to it. It's just very uh very um very simple in a sort. And it, it is making me a little sad that the blue jerseys are getting retired. Like, oh, my gosh, that's sad. Um, I get a little too attached to, like, sports jerseys and designs and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's a little crazy to me that this is what they came up with. It, it's not my favorite. Maybe it'll look better once it's actually on the guys because there were a bunch of jerseys that have come through that I look at the pictures and just say, ugh. But then, like, the guys will get out there and wear them and they look better in person. Um, I'm kind of hoping this is how that jersey is going to go. Um, and if not, then duh, so be it. Maybe they'll put like some blue sleeves with it and make it look a little better. But it's it, not my favorite. I'm going to give it a solid like four out of ten right now, honestly. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, I'm bummed the blue ones are being retired just because I thought they, they just looked... I thought they just looked really good and clean, and the orange one. I mean, they're the same. They're the same scheme of a jersey. They're just orange instead of dark blue and whatever color that jersey was that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. these these just look so. It, it, it's funny how much a color difference has made one thing look like it has a lot of depth, 
and gives it kind of like a, a new agey look, but at the same time, like that jersey looked like it could have existed in some way, shape, or form over the last 20 years, and how this orange one just looks like, eh, like NBA 2K, we just inverse the color scheme, and this is what it looks like. So, um, eh, I don't know. I'm sure there's going there's to Nike and the NBA have like a thousand different jerseys for every single team, so I wouldn't be surprised if there are other jersey in, incarnations coming out this right. offseason and then during the regular season. But, um, yeah, I just figured we needed to get that in there. And, again, apologies for the dogs barking in the background. Uh, everybody say hi to the dogs. Um, uh, <laughs> but, Madison, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy, busy day um, away from the uh, dermatologist and the <laughs> carologist mechanic guy. Car people. Uh, yep, pr- it's pr- been a day. Prayers to Madison Morris, everybody. Like, hashtag prayer for, prayers for Madison. And um, I guess we'll start the GoFundMe for your new Ferrari um, so you can take yes. pictures in front of it like Russell Westbrook. That's only my dream, but yeah, we'll go ahead and start that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Madison, uh, be good. I will see you Saturday morning, bright and early. And everybody, please tune in to 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Um, Like I always say, if you're out of the market, which a lot of our subscribers are, um, shout out to everybody outside of the state of Oklahoma. Thank you guys so much. Um, Download uh, 107.7's The Franchise app. Um, it's free. It's easy to use. And that way you can listen to our basketball show on Saturdays, which we end up putting up here um, as the podcast anyway, most of the time, not every time, but most of the time. Um, but in addition to the basketball show this Saturday, like I said, we will be doing a free agency sh- show. Um, it start Free agency begins on Sunday, 5 o'clock Central Time, and we will be on the air from 5 to 7 or 8. Just kind of depends on all the hijinks that um, follows as soon as it begins so just tune into all that um but for miss madison morris and todd listen be earlier everybody thank you so much for listening to the okc82 podcast and we'll talk to you later